Well, if you were gone last weekend, let me wish you a happy new year. Uh, On Monday, January 12th, we begin a New Year's fast. I can't think of a better way to begin the new year uh, than with a 10-day fast. And so I want to encourage you to be a part of that. Now, if you're on our email list, you got a pretty detailed description of what that looks like. And uh, I want to encourage you to uh, start the new year the right way. Let me, let me just ask you a quick question. Would you fast for 22 days if you knew that it would net $100 million? Well, shortly after moving to Washington, D.C., uh, I heard rumors of a bipartisan uh, multiracial prayer meeting that happened in the city led by a congressman. And I thought, I've got to check that out. Well, I went that morning and I uh, met Congressman Tony Hall. And, uh, and then for about two decades, we didn't see each other. And then we caught up over a cup of coffee a couple of months ago. Uh, After serving 24 years in the House of Representatives, he was appointed uh, to the United States uh, Ambassador uh, to the United Nations Agencies for Food and Agriculture in Rome. That's a title right there. Uh, He moved back to Washington to lead the International Alliance to End Hunger. You can't get 10 feet within Tony Hall uh, without feeling his passion to end world hunger. Hunger. Now, he shared his backstory with me. I'm going to save that for another weekend, but uh, let me get to uh, a defining moment for him. It's the day uh, that the Congress decided uh, to cut all funding for the Select Committee on Hunger, uh, the committee that Tony chaired. Uh, well, he said that he was ready to quit. Congress. Um, It it was the bottom for him when his wife asked him a question. This is so great. Uh, His wife said, have you ever thought about fasting? Isn't it funny how uh, our spouse's voice is sometimes so similar to that of the Holy Spirit? Um, (laughs) Have you ever thought about fasting? Well, The next 22 days proved to be some of the most difficult but most amazing days of his life. Tony Hall's body weakened uh, with nothing more than water to sustain it, but his resolve strengthened. And people began to rally around 
him. 10,000 high schools uh, join the fast. Um, uh, the major networks, back when there were just major networks, uh, started documenting what Tony Hall was doing. And then one day, day 22, the World Bank called and said, we heard about your fast. We want to call a world conference on hunger, and we want to put $100 million behind it. Yeah. Uh, would you fast for 22 days if you knew that it would net $100 million? million? Of course you would. Who wouldn't? <laughs> but what I remember is what Tony said. He kind of he, he um, got really serious for a moment and said, um, Mark, you can't fast under hunger. He said, you can't fast under money. You can only fast under God. And then, it, and then he leaned forward in his chair. It was a moment. He said, when you fast and pray, God leans in. He does. You know what? For 10 days, we're going to lean in. And as we lean in, God's going to do something powerful. So let me just pray for us right now. God, I pray that you would put in our hearts how it is that we can draw closer to you. God, may you give us a hunger for your presence, a hunger for your purposes, a hunger for your word that's greater than our hunger for food. May we press in and experience your presence in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, over the Christmas break, our family watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Spoiler alert. In the opening scene, a young Peter Quill, uh, a.k.a. Star-Lord, has the quintessential 1980s Walkman, and he's listening to a mixtape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and the camera zooms in. It's Awesome Mix Volume 1. Oh, yeah. Right there's a moment for any child of the 80s. Well, Peter's mom dies in the opening scene, but not before giving him a gift. Well, Peter is then abducted by aliens, yada, yada, yada. And at the very end of the movie, uh, he finally opens the gift. It's a note from his mother and another, are you ready, mixtape. Awesome mix. Volume 2. The title of this message is Awesome Mix, Volume 2. If you have a Bible, you can turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I just felt like titling my message. All right. 
Now listen to me. If I had to describe my life in one verse, it might very well be Deuteronomy 28.2. Now, my favorite verse, Ephesians 2.10. Uh, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared for us in advance. Uh, favorite chapter, Romans 8. Writing a book on it right now. Over 40,000 words in. Oh, it's so good. Got about 20,000 words to go uh, by January 31. Pray for me. But it's this verse in Deuteronomy that... I just feel like it's a descriptor of my life. Uh, here's the verse, and we'll read the whole thing in a moment. Um, All these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. Okay, a couple of months ago, I upgraded my, my uh, iPhone to iOS, uh, what, 8.1, 8 whatever it is. And, and it gave my camera the capacity to um, time lapse, which... I've been doing a lot, particularly with sunsets. And I'm loving it. I love the time lapse feature. Uh, Deuteronomy 28.2, it's a time lapse. You give it enough time and the blessings of God will overtake your life. They will overtake your life. Now, I have a little phrase that I love, beyond blessed, and it works both ways, blessed beyond. Um, and I say it all the time because I feel that way. And, and I'm cognizant of the fact that the, the good things that have happened in my life, every good and perfect gift comes from Father above, the, the heavenly light. So really, everything is a blessing. Every good thing. I'm particularly uh, tuned into it because, man, 19 years ago this weekend, I preached my first sermon uh, to 19 people um, here at NCC. You time-lapse this church. I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. It's the blessings of God overtaking us. Um, do you know that, I mean, just as a, a little thin slice, that on the last day of 2014, you gave more than our entire income, maybe twice, in 1996. What I'm saying is God is doing more in one day now than it took a year to accomplish back in the day. Um, on every level, the blessings of God are overtaking us. And I believe that, that one, God wants that to be true of each and every one of us. So we better understand uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Let's start in verse one. Here we go. And it shall come to pass. Oh, that's another sermon for another day. Favorite phrase. If, and there it is, the conditional clause. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings, there it is, all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field. In other words, from Georgetown to Gainesville. Uh, from Lincoln Theater 
to Kingstown, from Barracks Row to Boston, yay, even Potomac Yard, which is part city and part field, I think. Um, and everywhere in between, come on. Uh, blessed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall thy, be thy basket and thy store. Now I'm gonna stop right here. Because I think sometimes we interpret figuratively what really we ought to just go ahead and interpret it literally. When I read store, I think Ebenezer's, our coffee store. Do you, do you know we sold 158,563 cups of coffee in 2014? We gave $123,000 to missions because of it. You want to know what that is? It's the blessing of God. God's blessing is on our Now, listen, I think part of it is because he knows that we're going to give every penny of profit to missions. But I want to tell you, I don't care what business you're in. If you're doing it to glorify God, you can expect God's blessing on your business, on your classroom, on your uh, courtroom, uh, on your campaign. That doesn't always mean that we're going to win, okay? But you can expect God's blessing in some form or fashion. Blessed shalt thou be, when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. That sounds like an election year. <laughs> they shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing. Oh, that's good right there. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And right there is where all of us at all of our campus should give a nice loud amen. amen. I Means so be it, so be it. Um, nine blessings. Count them, nine blessings. And they actually don't stop here. In fact, what I want to encourage you to do, drill down on this this week. Um, but this is who God is. It's what God does. And I pray it over each and every one of your lives. Now, let me give a little bit of backdrop because it's kind of cool. Those blessings were pronounced by the elders of Israel uh, from Mount Gerizim. But in Christ, they belong to us. They have your name on them. And to believe anything else is a lack of faith. Uh, to act like anything less than you truly are in Christ is false humility. You are more than a conqueror, right? You're the apple of God's eye and you are a joint heir with Christ. Nothing less. And to act like anything less is false humility humility, and you bought into a lie of the enemy. These blessings belong to you by virtue of the cross if you're in covenant relationship with Christ. They're yours. Your name is on them. They are part of your birthright. They are part of your inheritance. And stewardship demands that we lay hold of them. You don't deserve them, 
but they still belong to you. You can sabotage yourself, still belong to you. You can't buy them, they still belong to you. All right, Mount Gerizim, one of the highest peaks on the West Bank, 2,849 feet above sea level. I did the math, it's 5,879 miles from Washington, D.C. His blessings are still overtaking us 5,879 miles away. These blessings were pronounced in 1406 B.C. And they're still overtaking us 3,421 years later. Why? Because there is no expiration date on God's blessings. And every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ. Now, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I likened this series to uh, Ariadne's thread. Um, but this is so important. Let me give you one more metaphor. Uh, long before Batman and Robin, uh, the Lone Ranger and Tonto, uh, or Andy Griffith and Barney Fife, there was uh, Pierre-Francois Bouchard and Jean-Francois Chapoleon. I don't know if I'm saying their names right, but they're dead. It's okay. <laughs> Bouchard uh, was an engineer in Napoleon's Grand Army that occupied Egypt. <laughs> Did you like that? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> there is an accent thing over this first E. I don't know if that's how you say it. Um, uh, that occupied Egypt in 1799. Um, now he oversaw demolition of a wall in the ancient city of uh, Rashid, Rosetta. Um, uh, uncovered a 1,676 pound slab of black granite stone with some writing on it. If Bouchard had demolished that stone, uh, the Rosetta Stone, much of Egyptian history would have remained a mystery. But the army engineer saved the ancient artifact. And that's where uh, Champollion, I just feel like doing that, um, <laughs> comes into play. Wonder Twin Powers activate. The French academic uh, was a linguistic wonderkind. He, he spoke a dozen languages. But it still took him two years of lining up letter by letter by letter, thereby deciphering three ancient languages, hieroglyphics, a demotic script, and Greek. And when he broke the code, it unlocked the ancient civilization of Egypt. I'm telling you, I am not over-exaggerating when I say that the blessing is the Rosetta Stone. If we only had time, uh, listen, it's the first thing God does. Uh, he blesses Adam and Eve and, and then this line of blessing, and we'll talk about it some, um, but, but it is uh, the linchpin. Now, uh, because some of you weren't here a couple of weeks ago, let me just quickly um, give you a couple of these definitions just as, uh, as a recap. Uh, 
the word blessing means to salute. Think in, in military terms, gesture of respect. Uh, means to kneel down. This to me is powerful because God, to bless us, has to get down on our level. And he does it um, at a place called Bethlehem. Uh, it means to cause to prosper. Now, that's not to raise our standard of living. It's to raise our standard of giving. Um, it means to invoke divine favor. And that's where I want to focus for a couple of minutes. Um, favor is what God can do for you that you cannot do for yourself. And, uh, and I pray for it um, unapologetically, and I probably pray for it uh, more than anything else. And, and the reason is, is that I pray Luke 2.52, uh, morning, evening, everything in between for my children thousands of times. May you grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. To me, it's more than a prayer. It's a generational blessing. I'm blessing them. And I'm confident that when I'm long gone, that those prayers, that blessing will continue to be fulfilled in their lives. And I have some evidence to this end. And I'll tell you why. Because on Tuesday of this week, uh, it marked the 17th anniversary And my father-in-law's passing. 17 years. His legacy lives on. His blessing is as tangible and visceral today. In fact, I think it only expands as when he was living. He passed on a generational blessing. And, and I'm bound and determined to pass it on to our family. They, they have to receive the blessing just like we have to receive the blessing that Christ offers to each one of us. But if they do, that blessing goes on and on and on. Now, um, let me see if I can zero in on something that I, I just feel so deeply about. It's so critical. Uh, I started numbering my gratitudes last year. I've mentioned this a time or two. Uh, really what I'm doing is counting my blessings. Uh, I hit I started in April. I hit 567 last year by, by um, the 31st. And my goal this year is to hit 1,000. And what it means is that I need to become more nuanced in the way that I count my blessings. Um, so over Christmas, um, ah, man. <laughs> my mother-in-law, who I am so grateful for, um, brought some uh, German Christmas cookies. Anybody ever heard of a springly? Um, yeah, 
Uh, she brought some of those. Now, it took 59 minutes and 57 seconds to open our Christmas gifts. Yes, I did time it. There are that many cousins in our family, and my mother-in-law especially is that generous. Um, and so we're opening gifts, and, and I'm kind of passing the time eating springleys. And uh, I think I had at least a dozen. Um, but you know what? B because I've got to hit a thousand, I've got to become more nuanced uh, in my gratitude. So I didn't thank God for springly cookies. I, I, I thanked him for a licorice flavored spice. Um, and, and I really want to say this the right way. Anise. <laughs> that will hit the blooper tape if I get that one wrong. Um, and so I thank God for anise. Um, and that's the last time I'm going to say it. <laughs> uh, so this week I got a, I got a gift in the mail. Uh, there's a farmer in Illinois whose ministry is butchering hogs and sending them to pastors. Well, hallelujah. Uh, he read one of my books and uh, evidently it was worth uh, 40 pounds of, yeah, don't tell me the blessings aren't overtaking my life. Um, <laughs> chops, chop, chops, uh, pulled pork, bacon. That night, I went home and I fried up some bacon immediately because that felt like good stewardship. <laughs> Set off the smoke detector, kid you not. It was so very good. Um, by, by the way, just on the topic of, of um, hogs, um, <laughs> Uh, one of my gratitudes last year was a particular cut uh, of meat. I'm just going to give a shout out right here to uh, uh, my brother-in-law, our campus pastor, Raj Schmidgall, out at, out at Gainesville, um, because he slow-cooked a pork shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> just when I thought I couldn't respect him anymore, he went and did that. Um, love you. Uh, all right. Uh, where were we? The blessing, the blessing. Listen, it's spices, it's cuts of meat. Um, Psalm 145, two, every day I will bless thee. If you don't have a new year's resolution yet, that might be a good one. Every day I will bless you. It means every day in every way. Did you know that in Jewish culture, there were thousands of blessings that were pronounced for every occasion? Doesn't matter whether you're waking up, eating dinner, putting on new clothes. It was forbidden to enjoy anything without saying a blessing for it. The Talmud says this. If you enjoy something without saying a blessing, it's as if you stole it. And so my question is, how many blessings have we stolen from God. And maybe we better be sure to bless God uh, from whom all blessings flow. An observant Jew will say at least a hundred blessing prayers every day. Imagine a hundred gratitudes. Um, uh, it was a way of life. Uh, if they saw a comet, not kidding, bless God. Um, uh, when they survived a near-death situation, bless God. When they experienced something new, bless God. Um, whenever they experience anything pleasurable, 
They bless God. Married couples, when was the last time you blessed God after having sex? And if you're saying every month, you're not having it enough. <laughs> uh, there's more blessing than that, my friends. All right, stick with me, stick with me. Uh, Orthodox Jews <laughs> uh, bless God for smells, for smells. Uh, this Christmas season, um, I, I, for the first time, we burned a pine-scented candle. And, and it compensated for our fake Christmas tree. Okay, I, I felt like singing like O Tannenbaum. It was awesome. Like I was thanking God for pine-scented candles. When I write, when I write, I almost always burn a cinnamon candle. I, I don't know how many books I would have written at this point without a cinnamon candle. There, there's just something about it keeps me focus. Do you see where I'm going? We've got to nuance these blessings so that every day in every way we are blessing God. All right, now real quickly, let me do this because we're running out of time. Um, you have to count the blessing, count the blessing, but then are you ready? You got to flip the blessing, okay? And if you're taking notes, just write it down, flip the blessing. It's going to make sense in just a minute. Okay, number six, uh, God tells Aaron uh, to bless the Israelites. It's, it's their most sacred function. It's the priestly blessing. And, and you probably have been in a church or two that maybe pronounced this blessing. Sometimes it's our benediction. Um, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. For what it's worth, the blessing in number six is the oldest biblical text that's been found by archaeologists. They found the blessing inscribed on graves dating back to the first temple period. So as early as the 8th century BC, they've also found uh, those words inscribed on amulets like necklaces and bracelets. Now it's not some abracadabra, okay? But it is a covenant and it comes with a lifetime warranty. No matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Uh, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Um, every promise, every blessing. Every promise, every blessing. Every promise, every blessing. It's ours by birthright. It's ours by inheritance. And it comes with God's warranty. So as God begins to bless us, as those blessings begin to overtake our lives, we need to count them. It sure helps if you write them down because that helps you recognize them. But then I want to suggest that we need to take it one step further. Okay, listen to what I'm about to say. Where has God blessed you? Well, I could tell you 567 ways from last year and hopefully all the thousand ways this year. How has God blessed you? Where has God blessed you? Because that, my friends, is exactly where you need to flip the blessing and bless right back. Let me give you a simple example. Um, when Laura and I first got married, um, she put me through seminary and uh, I worked at a storage facility, managed it. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but we could not make ends meet. I mean, it was, uh, and so we couldn't afford a, a vacation. Um, but, but I remember there was a place in Galena that someone owned, Galena, Illinois, uh, that felt like it was their calling to bless anybody in ministry, even someone who's just in seminary, um, with, with a getaway, with a place to maybe take a vacation. And, and uh, that blessed us so much. And then over the years, different people have blessed us. There was a friend who had a house down at Lake Ann. It said, come and stay. And we, and we went there for several years. And then, then someone else who, who had a place down at Deep Creek said, just go and, and, and use it. And, uh, and can, can I tell you, um, Laura and I love to bless people with vacations. We love to do it. Why? Because we've been on the receiving end of that. And we found different ways over the years. If I see someone who I feel you're working too hard and you might not have the means to make it happen. Listen, if it's a cup, we'll give you a night at a hotel. We just want to bless you because you need that for each other. Or maybe we'll send someone someplace. Listen, we love to. Why? Because where we've been blessed, you have to flip the blessing. When God is showing you favor, you have to return the favor. Now, let me just talk about this corporately because I believe we practice it as a church. I remember a couple of years ago, I was preaching at a church down in Dallas and I've shared this, so I'll share the short story. Um, after speaking, uh, the pastor who I'd known all of 15 minutes before, beforehand said, man, we love that you're in DC, the nation's capital, and we want to bless you. In fact, he got up and said, uh, in the next five minutes, we, we want to raise $100,000. And it was a seed gift for the Dream Center. And, and he said, um, my wife and I want to give $5,000 and I need five people, five people to, to raise their hands. And five hands went up like that. It was incredible. I was like, what, what? Like, this is like a dream within a dream. It was like an inception moment. And, <laughs> and, and then uh, I need 50 people um, who will give $1,000 and like, boom, 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 all the way across. And then I need 50 people who give $500. And in five minutes flat, they raise $100,000, send a check the next week. And I was like, oh, Lord, someday, someday, that's going to be us. We're going to be the ones that in five minutes bless someone with $100,000. Now, we've done it in small ways this year, right? Um, over Christmas, right before, we sent a $25,000 check to Flood Christian Church, a church um, that was burned uh, in Ferguson during the riots. And, and the, the investigation is preliminary, but uh, I think it was white supremacists. If you can actually believe that, the insurance company said you don't have riot insurance. What? Listen, if a church is preaching and practicing the gospel, we're on the same team. It's not about the name over the church door. It's about the name that's above every name. And we just felt like, let's be a blessing to this church. And so we sent that gift. Do you remember last um, February, uh, we did I Like Giving. And, and we had this crazy idea. What if we could just bless a dozen churches and our campus pastors kind of looked around them and like, man, who can we be a blessing to? And, and you, 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 in one weekend, you gave $50,000. And we went and blessed those churches and relationship was established and God's kingdom was advanced. It was 
awesome. During the mission series, one weekend you gave $33,000. We were able to bless uh, seven missionaries with it. We flipped the blessing. The challenge this week is simple. Where have you been blessed? Well, well, I'm not sure. Well, then let's be counting our blessings so we recognize them when they happen. Oh man, I just got this promotion at work. Well, then who are you gonna help? Who are you gonna help climb the ladder, right? Um, uh, flip the blessing, return the favor. All right, I gotta end. I gotta end. Um, the blessing. I mean, come on. It goes from the first Adam, Adam, to Abraham, uh, to Isaac, to Jacob. Passes all the way through. Um, gets to David. 14 begets later. A generational blessing is passed from generation to generation to Jesus. And that's where we get in the game. And we are grafted into this blessing. Today we celebrate communion. In fact, I'm going to ask our ushers to get ready, worship teams to get ready. Did you know that Paul in Corinthians called the communion cup, are you ready? The cup of blessing. Do you remember when Jesus said, Father, if, if it be your will, take this cup from me, but not my will, thy will be, be done. What, what cup was he talking about? I'll tell you exactly. He was referencing the cup that was talked about by the prophet Isaiah. It was the cup of wrath. Jesus drank the cup of wrath so that we could drink the cup of blessing. You know, I had a crazy thought this week. Some week, we're not gonna give you one of those wimpy little communion cups. We're gonna do a big gulp cup. <laughs> Fill it with wine. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, no. But, but listen, Jesus drank the cup of wrath to the dregs. Let's not treat the communion cup like it's a sampler at Costco, right? When you drink this thing today, listen, it's blood bought. It re represents the precious blood of Christ that, that enabled us to be in covenant relationship with him, a covenant of blessing so that every blessing is ours in Christ. When you take that communion cup today, every spiritual blessing. It's yours, every single one. If you're here for the first time, you've never entered into that covenant relationship, challenge you to do it today. Can't think of a better way to put your faith in Jesus Christ than maybe to celebrate communion for the first time. Let's pray. Father, help us today to not just be hearers of your word, but to be doers of it. We count our blessings. We thank you for them. There is no greater blessing than the cup of blessing, our salvation, our forgiveness, because of what you accomplished on the cross. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.